beloved people of God called to be saints. Of all the things, of all the things that Jesus could instruct us to ask for, to pray for in this, his model prayer for us, his disciples. Think of it. Of all the things we could ask for, long life, health, wealth, security, godly children, church growth, out of all these things, why is it that as far as our human needs go, Jesus calls us to ask for the most basic routine, and ordinary of things, our daily bread. Why? I mean, go big or go home, right? We come into the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of our very souls. And Christ calls us to pray, to petition, to ask for our daily bread. Look at the world around us. Just even in the past two years, war in Eastern Europe, and now even war in Israel, forest fires, drought, strife in families, death, sickness, division in the church of Christ, a culture that seeks to destroy the family structure, a culture that seeks to normalize indecent, wicked behavior. If you work our way, as we have in our congregation, been working through the Lord's Prayer, and you know that prayer well, I, I trust and hope and pray. You know that the previous requests have pointed us to other things. We're to come into the presence of our Heavenly Father, confessing that we desire to know Him more and more. We confess that all things come to pass under His divine care, His providence. And yet we come here. Christ calls us to pray to our Heavenly Father that he would provide our daily bread, the most basic thing to our existence. Does God care about what happens in the world? Does God care about the pagan world that our, our children are growing up in? Does he care if I'll be able to support myself and my spouse in retirement? Does he care about the slaughter of children in the Middle East and even in their own backyard through the womb? Beloved, of course he does. Of course he does. But before we worry about any of that, as God's people, we have to understand we must come to grips with the fact that it is God who provides for our every single need, body and soul, small and large. And that begins with something as simple as our daily bread. It's much more than that, yes, but before we face a world that seems utterly opposed to Christ, opposed to his kingdom, before we send our children out to the classroom or, or gather them around the kitchen table for school, before we head to the office or, or to the barn or to the shop so that we can put bread on the table, this fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer reminds you and it reminds me that everything that we are, everything that we have comes from nothing less in the gracious, loving hand of our Heavenly Father. Indeed, you and I may work hard to put bread on the table, but God gives the ability to get up in the morning and to take up our labors. We may meet with a client and deliver a product in exchange for some money, but 
God gave the wisdom. God gave the know-how. God gave the ability. The fact that we wake up on Monday morning, hearts beating, lungs inhaling, craving that cup of coffee and that bowl of oatmeal, even that comes from nothing less than the hand of God himself. And so when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, you and I are humbly confessing that everything we have comes from the hand of God, not just the big things. Providential care over storms, over war, over politics. But even in the smallest of small things, our daily dose of vitamins and nutrients through bread, all of it, comes from the hand of God, our loving Heavenly Father. And so as we meditate upon these things together this afternoon, our theme will be this. God's people are called to recognize their complete dependence upon him alone for all their needs, body and soul. God's people are called to depend on him alone for everything that they need, body and soul. And we'll be looking to our God and we'll first be recognizing God as the only source of our daily bread. Then we'll be recognizing God as the only source of blessing and finally, we'll recognize God as the only object of our faith. Recognizing God as the only source of our daily bread, the only source of blessing, and the only object of our faith. Maybe you, beloved, maybe I, very well have come to terms with the fact, indeed, all things come from the hand of God in heaven. But perhaps you or I maybe question the amount given or the manner in which these things are given. We look at our neighbors around us and we see the abundance they have. Many of these neighbors who would never even darken the door of a church, much less acknowledge that the good gifts that they have came from the hand of, of God. Our text speaks to the often unspoken statement of our own hearts. Psalm 37, verse 16 Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Sometimes we're tempted to think that we're entitled to, to much more than what the Lord has provided for us, especially when compared to other people, our, our neighbors, or perhaps even our own blood family or, or members of our church family. If you look in your Bibles in Luke chapter 12, we have there the parable of the Rich man, a, a young man comes to Jesus and says, Teacher, judge between me and my brother for our father's inheritance. And Jesus says, Who am I to, who appointed me as judge over you? And he tells him the parable of a rich man who, who had much. And so he, he says to himself, I have so much, I need more barns. I will, I will do that. I will build more barns and I will be satisfied with myself. And that we know the story well, don't we? For the Lord came to him that night and said, you fool, this very night your soul will be demanded of you. But perhaps like these two brothers, rather than seeing our work, the food on our tables, and whatever quantity or quality it comes, we see that bread, that food is something that we've put our 40, 50, or 60 plus hours of work in for this week. We deserve it. We're entitled to it. God owes us the choicest. No, beloved, God doesn't owe us anything for the next breath we take to the next morsel that we eat. All of it is a free and gracious gift from our Father in heaven. 
You see, this request, this petition of the Lord's Prayer, that, that fourth petition, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. What does it do? It calls you and it calls me to humble ourselves before the throne of God. Our God is not that cosmic genie in the sky doling out treats at our every whim, but the holy, majestic creator of the ends of the earth. The one who stoops down in love and mercy, who condescends, who comes down to us, providing richly for a redeemed race of ransom sinners, sinners like you and sinners like me. Now we come before the Lord not as the entitled, demanding that God give us our fill, give us our quota, give us our dues. And we come as the humble children of God, depending upon our gracious Father, the one who treats us not as our sins deserve, but is provided for us beautifully and abundantly. The Catechism simply puts it this way in the beginning of answer 125. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are saying, O Lord, O Lord, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good. Lord, may I never take for granted that even the most basic needs, the most basic things to life, those things as as simple as food and, and water and clothing, the very air that I breathe, these things are good and gracious gifts from your fatherly hand. You see, we can fall into that trap of thinking of things like food and clothing and and water, that they're of the of course category. But they're givens. But they're not. At the end of the day, we depend on our Father in heaven for our daily bread. And even on him, we depend upon him for the very life, the very breath that allows us to partake of it. Because we recognize God's provision in our most basic of needs, food and, and water, well, then we can recognize him also then as the source of, of all blessing. Secondly, this afternoon. Again, our scripture text reminds us, 30, Psalm 37, 16, better is a little and the righteous have than the abundance of many wicked. What you and I have, even if it seems meager to us now, Those blessings from God and all of our blessings from God infinitely outshine and outlast the blessings that we perceive our unbelieving neighbors to have. The glory of that is that it's true, whether we feel like it or not. Ungodly governments seem to have all the power and strength Business associates seem to get ahead by unethical practices in the marketplace. Well, we get left behind or even penalized for being committed to honest business practices. But it's not just unbelievers. There are those also in the broader church who who preach variations on the health and wealth gospel, which really is no gospel at all. Do this, pay this, sow a seed here, sow a seed there. And God can do nothing but open the floodgates of worldly blessings for you. Luther referred to such wicked theologies as theologies of glory. Theologies that downplay the salvation won for us on the cross of Christ. 
theologies which collapse power in the provision of God to the power of man, God the bestower of power and riches and influence, rather than the God who is the bestower of the good gifts of salvation, glorious gifts, eternal gifts, forgiveness, reconciliation with God, eternal life, reigning and ruling with Christ for all of eternity. This is the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, Christ, the one who calls us to deny ourselves, to take up our crosses, to follow him. This is the theology of the cross. You see, the theology of the cross understands human weakness, human inability. The theology of the cross understands our complete dependence on God for all things, body and soul, small and big. It understands that however meager, it seems like my blessings are now at this point in life and in time and space. The riches of salvation, the riches, the glories of eternal life and glory in Christ vastly outweigh anything that we feel like we're giving up or not receiving the sight of heaven. Again, the catechism reminds us that when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're saying, the Lord, provide us with all our bodily needs. Why? Why, O oh Lord? So that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good. And that our care and our labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Yes, according to the theology of the cross, as the psalmist reminds us in our text, it may seem that we have from God, what we have from him is, is small compared to the perceived abundance that we see in our neighbors. Yet when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are confessing, oh Lord, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Maybe we don't have the number of children that we want yet from the Lord. And the little ones that we have, the relationships that God has given come from the overflowing goodness of our Heavenly Father. And so therefore, the little that we have is better than the abundance of many wicked. Maybe your business has not grown this year to the size that we want it to yet. But God has provided daily bread. God has made me one with Jesus Christ. Better is a little that the righteous has in the abundance of many wicked. Maybe our, our, our SP has not blossomed to the level that we think it should, and yet we can confess with question and answer 28 of the catechism that we can be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and have a firm confidence about the future because nothing will separate us from God's love that all creatures can't even move without the will of our Father in heaven. Indeed, better is a little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Maybe the friendships that I desire have not gone as deep or increased in, as, in, in number as much as I wanted to. Well, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Maybe I haven't found the spouse that God has for me yet. And yet God has given me with all of his chosen people to Christ as Christ's bride. 
utters a little that the righteous has in the abundance of many wicked. Hold the phone a minute, Pastor. Does that mean that God won't provide the children, the business increase, the desired RRSP rate of return, that kindred spirit of a friend, that godly spouse? Am I to give up on these things? Now, beloved, continue to pray for these things. God is more than capable. The point is that in the waiting, to wait upon the will of the Lord, to wait upon his provision, we make that confession in our hearts, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Help me to recognize that you are the only source of all good. Lord, help me to recognize that even the good gifts of, that I have are, are useless without your blessing. Lord, all I have is from you and is unto you. You get the glory, you get the thanks, you get the praise because what I do have is of infinite worth. And this comes not from my strength, not from my effort, but by your work alone, your grace alone, your mercy alone. Mine is the eternal life and the inheritance of glory won for me by the blood of Christ himself. Indeed, O oh Lord, better is a little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Just like the man who built up his barns, gave himself all the credit, and yet lost everything in that parable, the Lord gave us. If he lost these things in the blink of an eye, so too will it be for all the wicked who do not look to Christ, not just for their provisions, but for the salvation of their souls. And in that moment of rescue at Christ's return, certainly it will most definitely of all days be said that of the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. And so we end by noting that as we pray this fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, we're recognizing, therefore, that foundational to all of this is that we recognize God as the only object of our faith. Thirdly and finally this afternoon, We can look to God and we can confess better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked, but why is it? Why is it that you and I can say that with boldness, with joy, with confidence? Why is it that we can say, you, Father in heaven, are the source of our daily bread, that you are the fountain of all good, that you are the Lord of all blessings? It's because we're trusting in him for all things. What is even more basic to your existence, your eternal hope, your future? What's even more basic to that congregation than even the bread that we receive each and every day? What's more basic, what's our most basic need, even beyond food and water and shelter? It's being right with God by faith in Jesus Christ alone. You can have food, you can have shelter, and yet you can lose your very soul. Jesus warns us of this in Mark chapter eight, verse 34 and following. Lord Jesus says there in Mark chapter eight, this. 
If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Beloved, you can have it all now and yet lose everything. On that day of judgment, if you fail to acknowledge not merely where good things in your life come from, but where that greatest blessing of all comes from, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ alone. On that very last day, money will not save you. Influence will not save you on that last day. A business empire will not save any of us on that last day. And our RSP bursting at the seams will not save us on that last day. Having a quiver full of children will not save us on that last day. Faith alone in Christ will save us on that last day. And so when we pray, oh Lord, give us this day our daily bread, we're confessing that we trust in Christ alone, trusting that God is our Father because of Christ alone, that we're trusting in him for, for each and every breath that we take, from that to the food on our table, to the water that flows from our taps, to the roast that's in the freezer, to the children that are on our knees, to the van that's in the garage, to the God-given ability to work, to the fact that our sins are forgiven, that we will spend eternity with him, with Christ, reigning with him, ruling with him, worshiping him, praising him, serving him. Oh, beloved, Better is the little that the righteous has in the abundance of many wicked. The riches of heaven are yours, they're mine in Christ. We can bear the cross now because we will share in the glory of Christ later. All because he who is able to put bread on our plates is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The little that we have truly is a treasure of infinite worth. Oh Lord, teach us to gratefully depend on you more and more day by day. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Oh Lord, you are the fountain of all good gifts. Amen.